Hello, hello, everybody. This is Brandon Cruz, and welcome to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me today, I have a very special guest, and that's nobody. It's just me. Uh, so, hey, congratulations to one and all. You have nobody on this episode other than me. And the reason that is, is because this is the season finale slash season recap of episode one and in season one of the Twilight Zone, as well as this podcast. You know, there's a lot of good stuff that happened over this last mm, six, seven, eight months, however long it was. And what I found is that I've never been more nervous about recording a podcast than when it's just me recording a podcast. When I have all these awesome guests come on and and I'm talking to them, there's a little bit of hesitancy there, right? Because sometimes I'm actually talking to these folks for the first time. But when it's just me here in front of a microphone looking at a computer screen, hey, I I gotta tell you, it's, it's it's a little nerve wracking. So with that in mind, please forgive me for not doing well. (laughs) <laughs> if, if if I don't do well. So I'm going to talk about a few things over the course of this episode. I want to, it's going to be a little bit longer than normal, but I'm going to talk about season one uh, of the actual Twilight Zone and talk about all the, the guests I've had, some of the themes. Um, and then I want to move on to listener emails, listener feedback, read some specific uh, listener feedback. Uh, and then I've got some shout outs that I want to give out. Then we have a special uh, opportunity. Uh, one of our, one of my fans, uh, Gregory Tyson, he sent out 26 questions. I'm going to try to hammer those out as quickly as possible. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about the uh, season two coming up and some of the awesome guests that we have in season two. But first, let's talk about season one. So here's the thing about the Twilight Zone and really in the first season. There's a reason why this the show has had such a lasting legacy. And it really all starts with this first season of The Twilight Zone. There are so many good episodes, so many well-directed, well-shot. Uh, the, the score, all these things combined, the writing, they all combine to create such an excellent show, right? And... And if it wasn't good from the start, it wouldn't be here today. You can look at like any any current pilot out there uh, during pilot season, right? And if that show doesn't doesn't hit you right away, then guess what? You're not going to remember it. I think uh, Minority Report that I was excited for that show to come on to Fox, and I watched the pilot and I was like, eh, nah, I don't think I'm going to invest any time. Subsequently. Lost. I never wanted to watch Lost. I I was one of those naysayers. It was already in like season two or something like that, uh, the end of season two, and I said I don't want to watch Lost. I I was I was kind of one of those uh, contrarians, right? <laughs> I, oh, it's popular. I don't like it. Uh, in my my boss at the time, we had a little conference room with a projector, and he pulled me in. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna watch just the pilot. Just just watch the pilot. I was like, all right, Bob, I'll watch the pilot. So he sat me down, he, he tossed it on, and by the end of the pilot, I, I was already bought in. <laughs> uh, I said, hey, uh, I, know, 
I know we only have an hour lunch, but can we, can we watch another one? He's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. And so, so special shout out to Bob Carroll. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but, uh, he got, he got me into my lost fascination, which spans six seasons. So congrats to him. But anyways, the, the point of that is a really good pilot, a really good first season will really give a show that kind of forgivability of, of some of its its bad episodes, right? I use the example of Lost again. Some of the episodes in like the third season, they're going through a writer strike. A lot of those episodes were, were terrible. Uh, but the fans who had already bought in, who have invested their... Uh, invested their interest in the show they were in it for the long run uh so for season one of the twilight zone you had some of those stinkers right you had you had mr mr beavis right that's kind of that's kind of a bad episode uh you have uh, the mighty casey that's kind of a it's kind of a bad episode and and even though i like the episode the chaser it's not it's not the best it's not the best i do like it but I wouldn't say it's the best. And, you know, you, you establish a certain level of quality in, in the writing and in the directing and the talk, uh, cinematography. And then you have Mr. Mr. Beavis. And, and that really just kind of like, all right, I'll forgive you for that one. That wasn't your best. But let's forget that never happened. Just like Jack's tattoo in Lost. Uh, it just never happened. But you have really, really good episodes, and that, you know that that's what draws you in. You have, you know, of course, the iconic ones, like Time Enough at Last, of course, the great Burgess Meredith episode, or the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. That is also a, a huge one, right? Uh, special thanks to to Matt Ramo for helping me out with that. You know, you also have the the smaller episodes. You have you have a stop at Willoughby, right? You have a passage for Trumpet, which aren't the ones you necessarily immediately think of i know uh like steve uh groner ellerhoff he really likes stop at willoughby then paul from night gallery he he likes uh passage for trumpet right every single episode with the exception of mr Mr. beavis uh have have great things to to add to the genre um in there you find that in a lot of these episodes they there's a constant theme and i think in season one i found that the most common theme would be that kind of escapism. I, I talked about escapism a lot during the, the season. And I mean, just looking at the, the list of, of episodes that kind of go over escapism, 60 millimeter shrine. I keep bringing that up hitchhiker to an extent, right? The she's Nan is, is running away from, you know, this hitchhiker, she's trying to get away. And in the end she finds that death will always get her. Uh, last flight, right? That's kind of that fear. He's the coward. Mirror image to a certain extent, it, not from the perspective of the main character, but almost the the mirror images. Uh, Stop at Willoughby, totally escapism, and world of difference. Uh, one of the other themes, right, was redemption. You got Big Tall Wish, Mister Denton on Doomsday, Mister <laughs> Mister Beavis. I, I wrote down Mister Beavis. I mean, he's trying. His guardian angel is trying to redeem him, but he just doesn't want to. And then, of course, a passage for trumpet. Another common one is fear of the unknown, right? Uh, shot an arrow into the air. Hitchhiker again. 
uh, Monsters are due on Maple Street, of course. That is a great fear of the unknown and a fear of each other. Uh, mirror image. And then uh, I wanted to, to throw this out there. Purple Testament is kind of is the opposite of the fear of the unknown, right? Purple Testament is almost a fear of what you know is coming, right? The the guy sees sees death on people's faces and he knows that death is coming. And that's kind of a that's kind of a different fear, I think. I I don't know if I'd rather know that people were going to die uh or if I'd just rather be surprised by it. So all these themes coming together, that is a really interesting thing to to talk about. And when I was originally starting up this podcast, I thought, well, you know, let me let me see about doing just a solo thing. Let me see if I can get in front of a microphone for 10 to 15 minutes and talk about an episode. And I realized quickly, as you might judge from this episode itself, that I don't think that I'm in the best spot to do that. Uh, so I made the decision, you know what, let me let me grab a let me grab a co-host. Let me do that. I I grabbed uh I grabbed one of my friends uh, Patrick who was on a couple episodes right he was on one for the angels, and uh, time enough at last. What I thought was okay I I did an episode with him it was really good. He's not a a Twilight Zone regular right, and I was like he's got a good perspective. And then I asked my friend Travis who is also my co-host on Apathetic Enthusiasm every Tuesday. Go ahead and look it up for that on iTunes. Uh. And and he had only, I don't think he'd ever seen more than one episode. And so I realized quickly that, hey, everybody has a different opinion of the show. It would be more interesting to me as a listener if I got all these different perspectives. Different perspectives is exactly what I got. We had some really good guests this season. We had, uh, of course, Travis and Patrick. Uh, we had good old Mrs. Cruz. She stopped by a few times and God, I, I love her not just because she's my wife, but because she's funny, which is probably why also she's my wife now. Uh, but we usually, we usually have a couple glasses of, of wine or shots of wine before we record. And, uh, that's, that's her way of coping with being in front of a microphone and, and always being afraid. She's always afraid that she sounds stupid when she records an episode. And I say, no, 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 Chelsea, you did, you did, you did awesome. People have written in and they said you, you do great. And she's like, well, well, thanks. Um, uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Hersey just recently wrote that Chelsea has an excellent Boris Karloff impression. So, uh, those little things. Speaking of Tiffany, she was on a good few episodes, 16 millimeter shrine and the, the lonely, um, and when the sky was opened and of course, uh, elegy, right. And she, I, I love her. I, uh, I've known her ever since high school. Um, I, I went to, I went to a dance with her a long time ago. I forget which dance it was, um, but uh, she broke my heart, Tiffany. So you know you're lucky. You're lucky that you're on this show. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Tiffany is awesome, and she's doing some great stuff. And I'm really glad that she she came on and, and brought really that kind of critical, uh, journalistic sensibility to her. Uh, another friend from high school, good old, good old Matt Sizemore. He was on two episodes, what you need and the mighty Casey. And I got an, I got an email from, from Greg Tyson, Gregory Tyson. And he, he wanted Matt to come back on the show. Uh, so I brought Matt specifically on for the mighty Casey 
because he's always been trying to convince me to like baseball. I refuse to do it. I don't, I, I won't do it just out of spite at this point in my life. Uh, but the cool thing about Matt, he's, he's been my best friend. He's a really awesome dude. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's silly and he doesn't really know the, he doesn't really know the twilight zone. Um, but God, I, I love him. When we were kids in high school, we used to, he'd, he'd come pick me up from my house and to, to drive me to school. And the, the way I knew he was coming was I would, I would call up to his house and he'd be like, okay, I'm on my way. Scoop. And then I would respond, scop. And then he'd respond, scoop beep. And then I would respond, ski beep beep. Right. And we'd do that probably for like five minutes, just making noises at each other. And eventually one of us would give up and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm ready. <laughs> um, which goes on to this day. Anytime I talk to him in Facebook messenger, we say just the letter O to each other over and over and over and over again. And so the conversation is, oh, 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 oh. Anyways, that's a little bit of insight to our friendship, our weird, weird friendship. Uh, speaking of friendships, uh, Steve Gronert Ellerhoff. At the, the start of this, um, I was looking for some other guests that weren't, that I didn't actually know, right? You know, uh, Tiffany, Patrick, Chelsea, Matt, I, I knew these folks. And what, one of the things I want to do is, you know, get some of, get some different outside perspectives. Um, and so Tiffany actually introduced me to Steve Groner and Ellerhoff, right? Who she went to school with uh, over in uh, Dublin. I think I, I think I said that right. Crabby accent, but, and I, I clicked with this dude right away. Uh, he coincidentally, he was one of the only people on Skype that I used the camera with. <laughs> so maybe that, that added to it, but me and Steve have so much in common and we both agree with each other on, on, on so much stuff. Uh, one of our favorite Ray Brad's Bradbury stories is the same. Um, God, I just, I just love him. And thankfully he's going to be back next season as well, along with others. Uh, we had a few other repeats. We had the great Patty New. Uh, she, of course, runs the Instagram Twilight Zone uh, account. And every time she comes on, it's a good conversation. She helped me out with The Fever, uh, which is which is another one of those episodes that uh, it's, it's not one of the top episodes. But um, Franklin, that's, that's all I have to say about that. She helped me out with the great Moccasin episode. People are alike all over with uh, our, our Planet of the Apes brother, Roddy McDowell. And, of course, the After Hours. He helped me out with the After Hours. Uh, the, the, the mannequin, the mannequin great. Uh, Paul from the Night Gallery, that dude, what a beast. He's, he's one of the guys who, when I, when I got him for the episode, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot this guy a message. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna cross my fingers. He's got like fifteen thousand followers on Twitter. Let me. Let me see if he is interested. I don't expect a response, but let, let me see. And, and he responded, and of course, he wanted to be part of the show. And I was. I, I like jumped around the room like, "Woo! I did it! I did it! I'm famous! I'm, I'm famous!" Which I'm not, uh, nor will I ever be. But it was. An, it was a nice thought. But but Paul, with his expertise on the Twilight Zone and the Night Gallery, 
indispensable. He really does have so much information locked away in his Twitter and his his website. And he's so great. I'm I'm so glad he's helped out. Going to try to have him on next year. Also this season, I had Mr. Matt Hurt, who runs the Obsessive Viewer podcast and also Anthology podcast. He is a good guy. He's working through anthology shows in general, uh, but he started off with The Twilight Zone. Um, so I, I went ahead and contacted him straight away and said, hey, you know, you want to you wanna be on my show? Uh, do you want to you know, talk about an episode? Uh, so, so of course he was more than willing and, uh, you know, at sometimes during when you're, when you're meeting new, new folks, um, you don't know how you're going to hit it off. And me and Matt, I think we're, we, we hit it off pretty well. Um, I, I talked to him here and there everywhere on Facebook, um, interact with obsessive viewer and they have good stuff out there. So make sure you check it out. Uh, speaking of checking out, we had, we had David Avalone. He was on here for an episode to talk about the Twilight Zone, the Shadow comics, uh, and also um, the Chaser. So he came on. He he told me all about his his comic and and a little bit of the the history. Really cool guest. I would say um, he's one of the other folks who I'd never met before in my life and didn't actually plan on on talking to. Uh, but he hit me up on Twitter specifically saying, hey, you know, you, your fans of the show might be interested in this comic. So, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll bring you on. I would, have, of course, be remiss if I did not mention Mr. Matt Ramo, my fellow Geekator, uh, who, who helped me out with a few episodes, A Third from the Sun uh, being one. Uh, he also helped me out with uh, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Matt is, is a good guy. Um, he's one of the... He's one of the two geek gators who I grabbed and said, like, hey, are any of you interested? Uh, there are a few more geek gators who are, are interested, but I only grabbed two, him being one. And he runs the Ring Ring the Bell uh, weekly wrestling recap, which I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I do see the appeal. And I see the appeal, especially when him and his crew are, are making fun of it. Uh, he brings that kind of directorial eye to uh, the episodes and, and to help analyze them. And so I really appreciate it. That guy's, that guy's awesome. And I hope to work with him again. Uh, the other geek Mr. Mr. Chris Randazzo. He was on for one episode, long live Walter Jameson with the Kevin McCarthy, the invasion of the body snatchers fella and, and UHF also a, a great movie. Uh, he is the editor in chief of geek aid. And so he, he came on, he'd, other than a Twilight Zone pinball machine, he didn't watch the, the show. So I was happy to get his perspective on, on an episode. And a, and a decent episode as well. A few other single-serving guests. Uh, one, I have Carrie Poppy from Oh No, It's Ross and Carrie. And she's another one of my friends from, from high school. That's kind of a common theme. <laughs> well, well, old friends. That's That's kind of a common thing. Uh, but she came on, she talked about Nightmare as a Child, and she demolished the scientific reasoning behind memories. Essentially, that's not how memory works. Sorry, sorry, writers of the show, you got that wrong. But, you know, it's a Twilight Zone, a certain amount of suspension of disbelief needed. Um, and then, of course, the, the Hitchcockian 
explanation towards the end. Speaking of Oh No, It's Ross and Carrie, that that excellent podcast has two hosts, Carrie, and I, I bet you can't guess the second one. I'll give you a second. And yes, it's Ross. Ross Blotcher, he came on for an episode as well. He came on actually for the episode before Carrie. He talked. He helped me talk about a nice place to visit. A nice place to visit. Uh, that which is a good episode. I'm really. I'm glad he came on to help me uh, sift through that one. He brought up some details that I that I missed. But but Ross and Carrie, their podcast. If you haven't already, oh no, it's Ross and Carrie. I'll I'll drop that again. It's a great show. I think some of you might be listening because of them telling you about this show, about them being on there, whether through through Twitter or Facebook. Uh, thank you. That's that's for you. That's for you listeners from their show. Thank you so much for listening. In uh, in uh, single serving, Mr. Luis Reyes for Mr. Beavis. We had uh, Daniel Johnson, a world of his own. Those two gentlemen I work with. Uh, at some point in time, Lewis was my boss, and really the other day he told me, "Hey, uh, your episode wasn't that bad." I'm like, thanks, Lewis. <laughs> thanks. Uh, and Daniel Johnson, who is now in Japan doing J- Japanese things uh, for a world of his own. Along that that whole previous coworker demographic. We have uh, Greg Bullard, who who came on for Judgment Night, which is an episode that I really liked. And the main actor, he was in a Columbo episode, which I didn't take a picture of and post on Instagram. Uh, but he, in- interestingly enough, one of the characters' names that he used in the Twilight Zone, as well as the Columbo episode, was Mueller, which I thought that was, I don't know if that was a nod in Columbo to the Twilight Zone episode. But I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, Travis Menard, who is my co-host on Apathetic Enthusiasm, releases every Tuesday over on apatheticenthusiasm.com. Uh, he came on. He was one who really kind of helped me at the start say, uh, you know, maybe you should try doing this. Maybe, you know, maybe you could do this a little bit differently. And he's the one who, throughout the season, uh, I've gone to time and time again and said, hey, man, what do you what do you think I should do? Or you, you think, you think I should try getting this person on or, or, um, you know, just offering, offering me advice, seeking advice from him. He is indispensable. And so I want to say a special thanks to Travis for helping me get through the season and, and not being jealous of more downloads than apathetic enthusiasm. Thank you for not being jealous, Travis. Thank you for not hating me for getting more listeners than than our combined show. But these these people aren't the only ones I want to thank. Throughout the season, I have had the pleasure of interacting and receiving uh, emails, tweets, Instagram comments, Facebook comments uh, from you, the listener. First of all, those who don't send me anything, God, I know you're out there, and I know you're listening now. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, there, there's no point in me doing this if there's nobody listening and quasi-interested. I'll, I'll throw the quasi in there, because maybe you're not completely interested. 
but thank you for at least downloading it. <laughs> downloading it and leaving it in your your iTunes podcast queue like I do with a lot of shows. I'll get I'll, I'll get to that. I know I'll get to that. Uh so thank you for putting me in a in a queue somewhere and forgetting about me. Uh because I I could still use the numbers, right? <laughs> uh but no, like you guys who are the silent majority, thank you so much. The few of you who have written to me, awesome. Awesome. It, like it makes me legitimately feel so good that people care about my opinion uh because really i i'm no different from any of you in that i'm just a huge fan of the twilight zone um and and i want you know going out into a message board on reddit or or you know just interacting with people and talking about it like that's so cool to me um and so thank you for joining me on this journey uh special thanks to the folks who've left some 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 good reviews. A uh, couple five-star reviews I got from LSCHO4. Uh, this person wrote, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I was going to use the pronoun she, but I, I didn't know if for a fact that it was a she. But she, he wrote, I grew up watching The Twilight Zone with my dad, so I was very excited to find this podcast. Brandon brings on excellent guests and engages them in insightful discussion. I hope his show will introduce more people to Rod Serling's wonderful creation. You're absolutely right, LSCHO4. I hope this show introduces more people to Rod Serling's wonderful creation as well. Um, I grew up watching it with my dad, uh, and it's it's stuck with me all these years. So so thank you for that five-star review, LSCHO4, not he or she, because I don't know if you are. Uh, Another good review, that Joe Myers. It's... The perfect companion piece to one of the greatest shows ever to grace a television screen. Brandon and his guests do an excellent job of discussing each episode in an always informative and entertaining way. So sit back and enjoy a guided tour through the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, while you delve into what lies between the pit of a person's fears and the summit of their knowledge, a place we call Submit It For Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I added a Twilight Zone podcast part, but uh, it was implied. Uh, Joe Myers, awesome. I'll talk about you in a minute. Then, I those are two five-star reviews, right? I want to read this four-star review because I think it has some good input for me, uh, which I'll talk about. And this review is by Penny Pretty. And she, he, I don't know the pronoun, wrote, I've always been a Twilight Zone fan, so I was glad to see a podcast going through Rod Serling's classic show. The host, guest hosts, love for the show is obvious, and it's really fun to hear their commentary on every episode. And here's where it gets good, guys and girls. My only complaint would be that it's a little long on description and short on deep dives. A lot of the episode was spent describing the episode, which fans would probably have already seen. But since I'm guessing most people who are listening are fans, they probably already know things. I would love to hear future episodes spent more time mining the depth Serling put into every episode. Okay, let's talk about that for half a second. So this four-star review, which is still a good review, I'm I'm happy that it was, there's still a four-star review. Uh, Penny brings up the, the point about a lot of the episode being spent describing the actual episode. And so I kind of, I kind of go back and forth on this, right? Because on one hand, I've listened to 
I've listened to my episodes, and I know that sometimes I spend way too long on the synopsis of the show. Uh, I, I've, I've mentioned it even throughout the course of the season, like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm trying to keep the synopsis short. Um, and there's there's two schools of thought on that. And like one, depending on who I'm talking to, who the guest is, right? Some of the some of the smaller kind of plot beats throughout an episode, like they could be they could be fun, they could be humorous, uh, they could be filled with kind of cool trivia, right? And other times it's just it's just fluff, right? Uh, that's and that's the other school of thought. If there's not if if I'm just describing the scene with nothing additional added, then there's no point in me going down that route. Uh, so in the future for season two, I'm really going to try to work on not fluffing up the synopsises, right? Not not really lingering on all all of the details of the episode because this show, this podcast, is supposed to be a companion piece, right? So. If it is a companion piece, then you shouldn't go from watching the episode of The Twilight Zone to this podcast and immediately being like, okay, yeah, no, I just watched the episode. I don't need you to tell me all of this stuff. But if there are interesting tidbits strewn throughout kind of the synopsis slash plot beats of the episode, that's when we should bring those up and that's when we should we should kind of extend that portion of the show. Because really... Penny is absolutely correct. Uh, the ratio of synopsis to actual deep dive content, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be greater, right? Uh, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't even be fifty fifty. It should be at most twenty five to seventy five percent. So, so thank you again, Penny. He she has given some good feedback. Speaking of feedback. I get some feedback here and there on on Twitter. Uh, interact with some of the some of our my Twitter followers, and I, Twitter is kind of a pain in the butt to get some of those past tweets. Uh, but I just want to throw a shout out to some of those folks right now. We got Dustin Yance at Yancey. He's also on Instagram. I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Neil Gravino at N Six Neil. Got Joe at the real Joe Myers. That guy, that guy's cool. Let me let me talk about him. He's over on Instagram as well. Uh, Peter Joyce at Cheshire Venom for all the follow Friday hashtags. Uh, that kick you kick ass, Peter. Uh, Chris Peterson at Chris Peterson eighty at Foggy Footsteps who responded to uh, my uh, after hours episode with the Marsha 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 joke. Applestone at Applestone Picks. And Matt Neslanik, uh, sorry if I messed up your name, man. I'll say Matt Naz, because you're at Big Maddie Nasty over on Twitter. Hey, thanks everybody for for hitting me up. Um, I've also talked to some other folks, uh, Epic Film guys, uh, the the poop culture, the poop culture podca- podcast. I'm trying to keep those plosives away from the microphone. The poop culture podcast. Uh, who I'm in a fantasy. Final Fantasy Football League with a bunch of other podcasters. Uh, so special thanks to all of you guys. Uh, over on Instagram, they send some some good stuff. I already mentioned Dustin Yance. Uh, he he has written some some great comments. He mentioned that his favorite guests are Tiffany Hersey and Chelsea, of course, my wife. 
two two beautiful women uh two two great parts of my life uh thank thank you for considering them i need to make sure chelsea knows again to really quell her self-doubt uh and also i'll tell i'll tell tiffany i think she already knows but i'll I'll tell her again um and, and but so so thanks thanks dustin uh joe the real joe myers this guy's a beast uh I, I've talked to, I've had conversations with him just in Instagram direct message. Is that what you call an Instagram message? Direct message? Doesn't matter. I, I've talked to him. Uh, he runs the podcast Macabre podcast. It's over there on iTunes. He and I talked about the LA Podcast Fest, which is coming up next, just here this weekend, I think, actually, or next weekend. Um, but he's he's going to be out there for that. And... Uh, <laughs> He he and I think we want to we want to meet up there next next year for the LA Podcast Fest. But go out and check uh, the podcast Macab out. It's good stuff. I've gotten some good emails as well. Uh, I would say the the biggest fan uh, of the email is Mr. Gregory Tyson. I mentioned him a little bit earlier, but he's he's written some good stuff. He's the one who convinced me to get Matt Sizemore on when he said, "Hey, by the way, when are you having that gentleman who reviewed What You Need with You back?" I always love hearing opinions from people new to the zone. His winning naivete meshed well with your seasoned commentary. Uh, and winning naivete, that is a perfect, perfect uh, description of Matt Sizemore. I, lo- I love you, Matt. You you are naive. <laughs> uh, he won't listen to this episode, so so I, ca- I can call him out. No, uh, he might actually listen to this episode, but I'll still call him out. Because uh, that's what are best friends for. Uh, but I want to I want to throw this email out there, Mr. Gregory Tyson. He he sent me just recently for the recap. He sent me a series of questions. He sent me twenty five, twenty six questions uh, that he wanted me to answer. Which this is an episode of the podcast by itself, I think, to answer all these questions. So I'll try to rapid fire them. I, I told him I didn't know if I'd get through all twenty six, but. Uh, let me see if I can do that. So, without further ado, here are Gregory Tyson's 26 questions presented by Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. Number one, is a world of his own suggesting all the stories in the Twilight Zone come from the mind of Gregory West? Gregory Tyson, I think that is an excellent thought, and I will say yes. Yes. Uh, with Rod Serling coming in and disappearing I think Gregory West is actually, actually Rod Serling. Maybe that's maybe that's what it's trying to say. Gregory West is Rod Serling, and also there's an elephant with red eyes. Number two, bigger fashion faux pas: Martin Landau's necktie in Mister Denton, or the Martians' togas in People Are Alike All Over. Um, I would say the Martians' togas because I mean you you, you get Mars dust, all that red, earthy dust uh, all over those bright bright white togas i mean plus it's after labor day so they really should kind of consider using a different color what was your favorite episode number three? Oh, that's a it's a good question actually Ooh, uh, i don't have the answer to that i don't think i, I went back to 60 millimeter shrine a lot with ida lupino uh, i don't know if that's my favorite episode of this season um actually you know what i'll say stop it willoughby uh, just the as far as the discussion went, me and Steve, uh, it it brought up some stuff 
uh, that him and I actually, after the episode was over, we continued talking for a while uh, because it kind of hit it had hit that nerve with me at the time and hit a nerve with him as well. Number four, what episode made you wish you were watching anything but The Twilight Zone? Uh, Mr. Beavis. <laughs> uh, Mr. Beavis is one of those episodes. Uh, Lewis came in. He came to my house uh, with another one of his friends, uh, Jason, and we watched the episode. And, of course, Lewis fell asleep on the couch. And me watching it, I was like, oh, God, I don't, I don't want to be watching this either. And originally, Lewis, he wanted a creepy episode, right? He wanted a creepy episode of Twilight. He keeps calling it Twilight instead of Twilight Zone. Uh, and I, I, gave him, I gave him this Mr. Beavis because uh, I thought it would be funny with him kind of ranting about it. But watching it, God, that, that episode sucks. Number five, who was the biggest hottie? Uh, Catherine Zeta from the After Hours. <laughs> I, I, uh, if, if, yeah, I would say, I would, I would just go ahead and stop it with, with her. Um, I think I've always had a thing for Catherine Zeta Jones. And since the woman who sold the thimble uh, in that episode kind of looked like her, I'll go ahead and, and give that to her. Tiffany, uh, she might have a different opinion on who the biggest hottie is. Um, probably one of the space hunks from Elegy. Okay, number six. What episode creeps you out the most? I would actually stick with the after hours in just the way that that episode is shot. The whole creepiness of being in a department store after hours is... Uh, I, I don't know. That part creeps me out. I used to work in a building with a, with a lot of servers. Um, and I'd have to go downstairs and do hourly checks. If you're working on the, the mid-shift from like 12 to 6, 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning, completely dark, just the hum of computers going off. And uh, one time I watched Paranormal Activity before I went down there, and I was I was creeped creeped out so much. Okay, number seven, what episode's, mes- what episode's message rocks the most? Um, I don't know if rocks would be the term I'd use for this, but I would say... Monsters are due on Maple Street. It's the message is we're going to kill ourselves, basically. Number eight, what TZ theme do you prefer? Herman's or Constance? That's a great question. Uh, I used to think that the iconic was the one that I liked more, the kind of avant-garde style. Uh, but I think that I prefer Herman's when it, when it comes down to it because it's a little more... Uh, sci-fi, a little bit more atmospheric than than the uh, four-note guitar plucking. Number nine, what episode would have flourished in the hour-long format? Oh, um, hmm. I don't know if any episode would have flourished in the hour-long format because I'm not a huge fan of those. I, I think the the plus of the Twilight Zone's 30 minutes is you get in, you tell a story, you get out. Dragging any episode out to that hour-long format, I think, is a detriment to the message that the shows are trying to accomplish. Number 10, what episode had the best production values? I really like Third from the Sun. Uh, I, th- I think all the camera angles used in that episode really really accomplished what it's setting out to do. Um, so, so props to them. And Matt Ramo and I had talked about that at length. What episode? Oh, sorry. Number 11. What was more of you? Someone asking, where am I? Or shrewish wives? <laughs> I think the opening episode of the season 
where is everybody? Uh, I think that, go ahead. I, th I think that accomplishes the mission of this. Uh, I don't appreciate all the, the shrewish wives. Um, that reminds me of the, the joke in Spaceballs. Um, but uh, Druish, Druish wives. I think where am I? I would go. I'll go. I'll go with that. Number twelve. What episode could use a sequel? Oh, hmm. Um, I'll just say time enough at last, because <laughs> uh, he probably just he probably just dies. That's probably what what it, what happens, and then the whole episode is just, it goes off in a completely different direction. Uh, Mister Bemis, he he dies and then he goes to heaven and then there's just a bunch of books and then he's like oh now there's too many books uh or you know i don't know i don't know maybe maybe, maybe. uh number 12 oh crap nope we're on 12 number 13 what would make a better star of the series of horror movies my the cat girl or franklin's slot machine that's uh that's an awesome question i would go with franklin's slot machine because my the cat girl you know i don't think she's a, a a bad guy necessarily you know she just wants to have fun she, she can't help that the guy she's trying to have fun with has a heart problem. But Franklin's slot machine, that's a devious little machine. And I would love to see like like a Friday the 13th kind of movie with Franklin's slot machine just going around killing camp counselors because one of the camp counselors let his baby slot machine drown uh, in Camp Crystal Lake. I don't know if that plot will work. We'll, we'll edit it and uh, make some changes, but Franklin's slot machine. Number 14, what episode depresses you the most? I would say Stop at Willoughby. That's, that's all I'll say because it's depressing. Okay, number 15, what episode would political correctness preclude from getting made today? Uh, I would say probably Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. I'll just go that route just thinking of the episodes in this season. Uh... I don't think any episode would be stopped from being made. Monsters that are doing Maple Street, depending on who's making it, um, and and what, and how kind of controversial it is, I think that might be what stops it. But uh, TV is, you know, with HBO and Cinemax and and Netflix, I think it's far less likely that anything's going to be stopped from getting made, um, unless it's like a, just a straight up uh, porn. <laughs> uh like like eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Okay. Number seventeen uh sixteen. And what episode was Sterling's voiceover work at its best? Uh hmm. Uh I'll just say a world of his own. Because he's on he's on screen. Number seventeen, what TV series had a better first season than the Twilight Zone? Ooh, don't even don't even put me in that place. If I if I had to pick, I'll say I'll say Lost just because I talk. No, cancel that. Uh, the Wire because The Wire is, as far as I'm concerned, a practically perfect show. Number eighteen. What episode does it pain you to admit could have profited from a little CGI? I don't think, in this day and age, I want to see CGI on anything. Um, I don't think. Uh, hmm. I think what helps the show is that it doesn't have CGI everywhere, right? Uh, and because CGI, it's that whole kind of uncanny valley towing the line thing where you say, well, I know that's fake. 
So because you you say that to yourself, you know that it's fake, you, you already take yourself out of it. So one of the benefits I think the Twilight Zone has is that because they don't have a lot of these weird effects, right? Uh, or like in a world of difference, the way they set up that scene to make him all of a sudden be in front of a film crew, like because that is a practical effect, you're far more likely to be invested in it. So I don't think CGI is important. I think it's a difference between if you've seen The Thing originally, John Carpenter's The Thing, and then you watch the prequel that came out in like 2010, 2011, uh, they're CGI versus practical effects. And to me, the practical effects are so much more effective. Okay, anyways, uh, number 19, what episode most resembles a dream you once had? Uh, I would say, <laughs> uh, we'll just go ahead and say the one with Maya the Catwoman uh, because she's she's creepy. And I think maybe I did dream about her one time because cause she's, she's, she's cute. Okay, number 20, what... If you could have any two characters from different episodes copulate, who would those two characters be? Uh, <laughs> I think I skipped that question when I was reading through these originally. Um, two characters copulate. Um, I I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Sorry, man. Number 21, what episode's twist was the most telegraphed? Uh, I'll say uh, shot an arrow into the air. Travis Menard, he's like, yeah, I kind of from the get go, I kind of saw that it was telegraphed. Um, so just with his suggestion in mind, I'll go ahead and say that. Oh, number twenty two, or sorry, number twenty three. If you could rewrite any episode, which one would it be? Um, well, I will say this: I wouldn't write any rewrite any one of them because it would probably be worse off. And that includes Mr. Beavis. Number 24, what episode would have been improved if Chuck Norris had played the lead? Um, none. None. Uh, because Rod Sterling would be like, hey, Twilight Zone, Chuck Norris would punch him. And then uh, Sterling's face would be the Twilight Zone. Really, Chuck Norris's fists are the Twilight Zone. I think that's the, the point of that. Number 25, what piece of technology that we take for granted in 2016 would have been the basis for a TZ episode back in the day? Uh, hey, got my iPhone. Got my iPhone 7 Plus on its way. Uh, so taking for granted technology, I would say the 3.5 millimeter headphone slot. <laughs> Number 26, what character's magical ability would you like to wield? Um, I mean, r realistically... Mr. Beavis, I mean, I want a, I want a guardian angel. Uh, I talked to Lewis about this, but I can be, I can get so many things done with a guardian angel. Like, ah, Chelsea would be like, Brandon, vacuum the living room. I'd be like, guardian angel, come on, help me out here. And be like, all right, Mr. Cruz. No, oh, and then the, the floor would be vacuumed. So, uh, solid, solid work. Anyways, that's 26 questions. Thank you so much, Mr. Tyson, for those uh, I, I I try to get try to get through them. Sorry if not all the answers were what you liked. All right, so so that is what I have for season one of the show, and I just want to briefly talk about season two. Season two is coming up, and and I'm excited about season two. I have all the regular guests from season one: uh, Patrick, Chelsea, Matt, 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 the the three Matts, uh, the three M. 
I think that's a company I bought stock in. Um, and of course, uh, the, the others. Sorry, Travis. I forgot to n- name your name. Oh, I just did. Uh, but we have some folks who, uh, who I've never met before in my life that I'm going to bring on. And I'm really excited about this. I've got a, a Dr. Miranda Corcoran. She wrote a review actually on uh, Steve Groner-Ellerhoff's book. Um, so I, I talked to her and she actually is a uh, professor over in um, overseas, over in Europe. And she actually taught her students ethics and stuff using Twilight Zone episodes. So I'm excited to talk to her about that. We have Graham Elwood, who is actually a co-producer of the uh, LA Podfest. I, I talked to him. He's going to be on the show this next season. He also runs a, a podcast uh, and is a comedian. So excited there. Allie Gertz, she is a co-host of Everything's Coming Up Simpsons podcast, Simpsons pod. Uh, she's going to come on the show. She's going to help me out. And uh, she's she's a really funny girl. Uh, you should go out and actually check out her website. Uh, she did a Rick and Morty concept album. So head over there. Uh, that's It's pretty good stuff. Uh, Catherine Ormsby, she is an author, uh, a young adult author. Uh, I talked to her, hit her up. So she's going to come on the show. Ryan Benno, he is an environment artist working on the Spider-Man PS4 game. Uh, but he's also worked with Telltale and Infinity Ward. So uh, that is going to be pretty cool. I, I look forward to talking to him. We have Ben Sledge, who is a filmmaker. He worked on a film called The Recursion Theorem, uh, which I had the pleasure of watching. It is very Twilight Zone-themed and inspired. Uh, so so thanks thanks for letting me check that out, Ben. That'll He'll be on there next season. I have a few podcasters who are going to join me. We've got uh, Chris from the Spielberg Pod. I've got a gentleman from a podcast called The Grayscale. Uh, which is, it's really cool. Go out and check that one out. It's kind of like a storytelling podcast. I have Rick Mancrush from the aforementioned Poop Culture Podcast. I want to get get away from the mic for the plosives there. And then I have the host from the 80s movie Graveyard who has admittedly said he doesn't like the Twilight Zone, but I want to get him on there because he said he doesn't like it, just so I can talk to him about that. Now, finally, something that's really, really cool is I there are a lot of Twilight Zone podcasts out there and I don't want to compete with with them because every single one of us brings something unique to the table when it comes to the show and, and the design of the show, our format, um, humor, all all that type of stuff. So what I wanted to do was I went out and I polled and I gathered folks from these different Twilight Zone podcasts and they're going to be guests on on the show this season. So first off, I have Ron Lechler and Jeremy Schmidt of the Twilight Zone Zone. They're not the newest kids on the block, but they are rapidly rising to the popularity. They were in iTunes New and Noteworthy. Uh, they were number three on the iTunes charts in the U.S. for for um, a week or so there. They're comedians in Los Angeles. I'm looking forward to having them on the show separately. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we will have interesting stuff to talk about. And maybe I'll help them out on their show one of these days. I have one of the grand poobahs of Twilight Zone podcasts, Tom Elliott from the Twilight Zone podcast. He is coming on. He's going to talk with me about uh, Man in a Bottle. His, If you haven't gone to his podcast, really good stuff. His is a solo podcast. Uh, every once in a while, he has really good guests on there that are related to the Twilight Zone. He is a standard to emulate. 
his podcast is really the reason that my solo podcast right there, right now, this episode is, is so bad. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom, for making me further emphasize that I shouldn't do a solo podcast. Uh, then I have David Lawler, who does a podcast called Twilighty Show about that zone, uh, which is a which is a famous Simpsons reference by Homer Simpson. Uh, so I'm going to have him on there. Uh, I have Craig Beam, who is actually, I would say, the newest kid on the block. He does a Twilight Zone podcast, solo podcast, called Between Light and Shadow. And he's, he's a new kid, like I said. Um, he, by the time this airs, I think he'll have three of his his pre-release episodes out. He's been doing kind of, he hasn't started on the show itself, but he started some like mini-sodes. So uh, head out on iTunes, check him out. And of course, I have my friend Matt Hurt from the Obsessive Viewer Anthology Podcast. He's going to come out again and, and help me out. Uh, his, his stuff is good. His anthology is a solo podcast. Um, Obsessive Viewer, he has co-hosts for that. Uh, the notable omissions from this list and I, I reached out for them to see if they were interested but the twilight pwn gentlemen they they have not responded they i don't know if they want to stick with the twilight zone uh since they just finished their 156 episodes uh, along with all their special they did they, they just did the twilight zone movie as well if you want them to be on this show do me a favor hit them up on twitter or their tumblr and you say, hey, you should uh, you should be on that that submitted for your approval show. You should uh, talk to them at s four y underscore podcast on on Twitter. Go out there and and hit them up if you want to hear them on this show. Uh, I would love to have them. Whether or not they would love me to have them, that's another story entirely. They're probably tired of the Twilight Zone. Uh, but that's that's what's coming up on season two with uh, a lot of good episodes, a lot of iconic, more iconic episodes, I would say, than season one. And uh, last thing I want to say about season two, my very special guest, my dad, is going to be on an episode. Uh, and maybe my older brother on that same one, which it will be a problem for all the listeners because I think me, my dad, and my brother, we all sound alike. So uh, my friends would call home and my dad would pick up and they would just start talking to my dad like they, like he was me, um, which... Yeah, it got me in trouble a couple times. So I just want to say, Matt, that's my, that's my dad. That was not me. Well, all right, everybody. That is that is the season finale slash recap. I'm looking at the time on my recording device, and I noticed that this is actually longer than any of the Twilight Zone episodes I've talked about. So I want to say, again, special thanks to everybody who stuck out uh, and listened to the entirety of this episode. You didn't have to, but... Damn it, I appreciate you. Uh, if you want to give me some feedback, you can do that in a few ways. I am, of course, on Twitter at S4YA underscore podcast. I'm on Facebook, submit for your approval. You can find me uh, on Gmail, S4YA podcast at gmail.com. Of course, I'm on Instagram. And go out to any podcatcher. Go ahead and download me. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your fellow Twilight Zone fans. And head out to iTunes, uh, shoot me a rating, uh, four star, five star, be honest, I prefer five stars, but toss out a review, I would really, really appreciate it. They, I've read different things, they say that helps with search results and stuff like that, I don't know how true that is, but 
it's just a, a fact of human nature. If somebody goes out to a show and they see that it only has just a handful of, of reviews, um, they're less likely to check it out, right? So your reviews, your star ratings will help others find the show and really pass it on to other Twilight Zone fans. So uh, with that in mind, everybody, I will be back October 16th for the first episode starring Steve Gronert Ellerhoff uh, for King Nine Will Not Return. But guess what? Submit it for your approval. will return on October 16th. Okay, I got that. <laughs> uh, but until then, everybody, thank you again so much. I am Brandon Cruz, and this is Submit It For Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. 